Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Just know that it will be all right. It will be all right. It will be all right. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond, and I am, unfortunately, by myself. <laughs> it's some bullshit, y'all. Anyway, so, me, Mia, and Z usually record on Sunday. So, this past Sunday, Mia's mom's birthday was um, the Sunday, so she had to be out of town. So, me and Z plan to record so um one of the subjects that we were that we talked about sunday was um being a black femme and the definition of black femme and and the political stance of being a black femme and blah 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 and so i called a lesbian black femme um because the roots of the femme label is comes from the lesbian movement and so I wanted a black lesbian to come and um join the conversation and so that's what we did so we record on Sunday and I usually edit Tuesday or Wednesday so it's Wednesday right now (laughs) and at nine o'clock because I usually edit between nine and twelve so I can post it at twelve because I'm a procrastinator um at nine o'clock I go to my computer and I cannot find the motherfucking file so i'm like whoa what is going on where the fuck is my file so maybe i accidentally deleted it so let me go to my trash it's not in my motherfucking trash i haven't emptied my trash so if it was thrown away it would be there and it's not there so i have no idea where the fuck that file went but it is gone i called apple care apple support and we sat on this computer for two hours trying to figure out where the fuck it was and it was nowhere to be found and they basically said "Eh, darling if we we said if it's not in your trash we can't we don't know where it's at and blah 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 blah. so i'm here by myself because it's the witching hour and it's the last moment (laughs) but i want to give y'all something so here we go so 
I don't really have um, a particular subject, but I do have something going on in my life, which is unemployment. So I want to talk about how I have been with a company for seven years and boom, I'm fired. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So let me start off by when I started this job. So you've heard some of the stories back um, back in some of the episodes that I was in a relationship with a download dude who was married to a cis woman that lived on one side of town and I lived on another side of town. And he basically was taking care of both of us <laughs> without the, either one of us knowing. So I stopped fucking with him um, because it was, it wasn't physically abusive, but it was emotionally abusive and financially abusive um, because he was paying for shit. It was kind of like I was stuck in an emotionally abusive relationship with somebody because they were financially taking care of everything. Between 2008 and 2010, um, the economy was horrible. And so anytime the economy is horrible, people ain't spending money like they normally are. And so the escort business kind of went like kaplum. Just, I mean, like clients. I was, I went from having seven, eight clients a week to shit once every two weeks, one every two weeks. It just got bad, 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 bad. So between 2008 2010 is when I was really depending on him financially. So in 2010, I hit like this lick. And I was able to get in, get off and under his um, his grip. And so I end up moving into a new place. Okay. Mo- whole different side of town. He didn't know where I lived. I blocked him. You know, we're done. So in that time period, I was like, look, I don't want to go back into escorting. I don't want to... Um, you know, getting a job, there was some anxiety around getting a job because, as you all know, because you know the story, um, I've been fired for being trans before. And so that can kind of, that can kind of give, that for, I don't know about everybody else, but for me, that gives me anxiety around working, around um, um, 
you know, just the just the, the idea of moving from escorting, which gives you a lot of power. Like escorting gave me so much freedom. I was able to the whole time I was I was doing YouTube. I was mostly an escort. No, no, no I had a little job here and there, but um mostly an escort so I was able to record when I wanted to wake up when I wanted to have clients and my bills were taken care of so coming out of that that kind of um that kind of mindset and going into where I'm going to be depending on first of all blah 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 amount per hour (laughs) which does not compare to escort prices (laughs) when escorting was good um this amount the hour and deal with the public it it kind of gives me a, it gave me a certain level of anxiety around that especially being the pastor being fired um but i wanted to i wanted to i needed a change in my life i needed a um i just needed something more than what i was doing i knew that i was better um i knew i was I, I wanted to do better for my life. So I was like, okay, what at what what now? What am I what am I gonna do? So I said, but you have to survive. You gotta make money. You gotta be able to pay your bills. Um, so hey, what are you gonna do? So I met this chick named Dee Dee Waters. She is a trans activist here in Houston. At the time that I met her, I didn't know who she was at all. Um but I met her through this girl. I was in this life skills fucking class or whatever trying to learn how to um get my resume together um we need that kind of those kind of things out here so if you yeah yes do those works because the girls need those kind of skills so trying to get my resume together um i met this girl named um what was her name shit um i only remember her last name foqua I can't remember. Imani, Imani. Yes. So I met Imani. And Imani said, girl, there's this girl. Her name is Didi. And she's starting this maid program, this maid service or whatever. So if you need a little bit of work, a little bit of extra work, hey, I'll just tell her about you and we can go and we can do maid. She's a trans woman and she's using like Craigslist to, um, you know, start her own business, her own maid business. So. I went over to her house and she said, yeah, girl, you can, um, you can start. Um, we got some jobs. We got tons of work. So come on. So I started working for her as a maid. Now I am not, <laughs> I am not uh, the maid type. I am not the help. <laughs> um, I am not the girl that do, does that. But because I was trying to make some money, I just was humbling myself and just, I am a hard worker. So I was like, I didn't want to be made, but shit, I'm going to have to do this kind of work or whatever. (laughs) So she took me on my first job. My first job was, I was, I was teamed up with this um, Latinx woman and we drove to this lady's house. The house was horrible. Like, I mean... Like I'm, I cannot just this. This is like one of those houses that you see on like TV, like on a hoarding show. Except it wasn't just hoarded with like clean stuff. It was hoarded with nasty stuff. Like it was rat boo boo everywhere, spiders, roaches. Like she, she. So apparently, from what her daughter told us, because her daughter is the one that hired us, what her daughter told us was that. Um, her father divorced their mother 
and just left and went and married somebody else and left them. Um, he would pay bills, taking care of them, but he didn't want to be a part of the mom's life. And so the mom spiraled in this weird, um, weird, like extreme depression where she didn't clean the house for almost like 20 years, girl. Oh, and boys, <laughs> I mean, 20 years. So you, when you walk in the house, it is things from the, from like the early nineties in her house, like that she has not touched, not moved, not nothing. And when you pick it up, it would be beds, rat nest, like rat nest around, like shit that you can tell the rats done chewed through. There was like pans, like cast iron skillet pans that were like, um, red and rust color because they had been just sitting in waters getting moisture on them there was the kitchen hadn't been cleaned the living room like she could not you could not move through this house like it was paths like of knee-high junk and trash and da 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 and so we're coming into this situation first of all our prices was pretty reasonable so the fact that she hired us was because our prices was reasonable and so when we come in we have to call Didi and be like girl this isn't like a regular cleaning job that we normally do this is like a bitch you need fucking um samantha from fucking bewitched to come and do some shit to this shake her nose because this shit is crazy <laughs> we don't understand and we gonna need some more coins because this is just this is just ridiculous so we tell her like we can do one room the smallest room <laughs> for the price that we gave you but we're not good we can't do like come on now you know this is ridiculous so the daughter end up giving us more money and we end up doing two rooms um with the hopes of coming back and doing each room each week or whatever so that was the work that was the um you know, that was the work that I was doing. Sometimes we'll be in fancy sickening houses that basically was clean. You just got dust the motherfuckers. And then sometimes we'll be in these crazy ass weirdo houses. Um, and I end up meeting this woman in one of my jobs. So one of the houses, we go into the house and I feel like she was being racist. Now, it, it wasn't, now I'm the... At the, on this particular job, I'm the lead. So the each there's always a lead made. Um, so on this particular job, I'm the lead, but I'm the black lead. And so the white woman who is the client, she fucking, um, you know, she's fucking. I I feel like she's like looking over me, talking to the to the Mexican lady who she's not the boss right now. I'm the boss. So why are you not asking me questions? She's calling our boss, Didi asking her are we vetted and i mean um um and all kinds of shit all just all kinds of shit that i being a black girl i thought that it was racist so by the end of the the job she actually started liking me and so she asked me um if she could pay me to help her do her flyers because she has an event she's a psychologist and um she has some kind of after education program that she has. She's releasing a book and she has this program where she um, where this little class that sometimes when um, 
like therapists and stuff, they got to con- it's continued education. Like after they get that they degree, they have to take courses to keep up to keep their licenses up. And so she has one of these courses that somebody can take and get credit towards their um, after the education or I can't remember what it's called or whatever. So she she has a flyer of this course and she wanted me to help mail them out to all the list of therapist that she knew in the city so she offered to pay me more money so of course I'm hustling to get some more money and so I do that for her so we I stayed the rest of the day getting paid from her and me and her build a relationship to where I'm coming to her house by myself with my own and um, helping her clean her house or whatever and I'm getting paid directly from her and so what I end up finding she ended up bringing me home and what I end up finding out is that she was a lesbian and so her partner her her partner white feminist lesbian racist <laughs> and her partner she just had got out of a relationship with her partner and um she was going through a depression and blah 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 blah, blah. so i end up she i end up making enough money with her to where i was sustaining myself but because i did feel really awkward with her in regards to her um you know, like I said, I think that she's a racist. I think that she's one of those white liberal races that sometimes she says things and does things that makes me feel like Southern racist woman. And so um, she asked me to move in to her um, to her house because she has a house and she asked me to move into her garage. So her garage is she has turned into an apartment and she charged like eight hundred dollars or whatever for the for the garage or whatever, and I was like, eh, this is getting kind of weird. <laughs> this is getting kind of weird, and I don't really enjoy this or whatever. I don't really enjoy her. I just enjoyed the stability that her money gave. So while I was working with her, I, t- I turned her down on that offer and I started to apply for other jobs. And so I'm going walking through the mall and I applied for. Um, I walked into Bath and Body Works and the the store manager who was at Bath and Body Works, she was um, she was there and she was servicing me and we were talking about the products and I had worked at Bath and Body Works before and I knew so much about the product that she was like, oh my God, I'm hiring. Can you, um, can you give me two days a week or whatever? Can you give me two days a week? Because I was like, oh, I don't want to work retail, but Blah, 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 blah. She said, just give me two days a week. You already know the product. All I need to do. Um, you already know how to ring. Blah, 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 blah. I just should please just give me two days a week. And I was like, sure, I'll give you two days a week. So I applied, interviewed. Of course, she was going to hire me. She hired me and um, boom, I got the job. So when you start a new job, there is anxiety around who is going to clock you. I don't want anybody to know who I am. I don't want anybody to know my tea. My name changed and gender markers has already changed. All of that has changed. So I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about making sure my look is together, <laughs> making sure everything is right to where, you know, I can just keep this job and just come to do work. I don't want to make any friends. I don't want to make any, um, you know, any enemies. I just want to um, do my job or whatever. I just want to do my job and I just want to work and I just don't want to get fired. So with me working the little maid gig and working, working at Bath and Body Works, I was sustaining myself and it was all going good and well. So because I'm a workaholic and I didn't want to be an escort anymore, I applied for another job. (laughs) I also was saving up 
for I wanted to sustain myself, but I also was saving up for my facial feminization surgery. That's a big ass expensive surgery that you get on your face to to change your bone structure of your face so that your face can look more feminine. So I was saving up for that surgery and I wanted to, um, and it's as expensive as surgery It's fucking, you know, expensive. (laughs) So I was like, well, I got to get another job because these jobs are just enough to sustain me. These are nothing that's going to be, I'm not making enough money to save for something huge like that. So I need to get another job. So I applied at Ulta. So I actually applied for a management position at Ulta, but it was, you know, it was a management position, but it was only like $11 an hour and it wasn't really a lot of hours. It was part-time. So, um, but it was fun. Cause I, cause it's a, I worked in the prestige departments and I could just come to work B and you can be painted and <laughs> you can play and make up all day and sell to the products and paint people face. And it just was all cute. So I was, you know, it was a love job. So, but it was a lot of hard work because I would be doing the maid thing at Bath and Body Works, I will I schedule to where I work in the morning and Alta I schedule to where I work it at night. So sometimes I will always for both of my jobs I schedule to where Thursdays was my off days on both days. So I always had one day a week that I was off. But there was sometimes that I would be working at both jobs. So I will go to Bath and Body Works at nine in the morning and stay there until three. I will have an hour break from hour and uh, from three to four and then from four to 10 o'clock at night, I will go to Alta. So it was some days that I will only work at Bath and Body Works, but it was some days that I will only work at Alta. But it was a lot of days that I would work at both of them. So I'm working nine in the morning to 10 o'clock at night all day with one hour break in the middle. So I was working my ass off and I was saving and blah, 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 blah. I end up saving enough money to be able to um, get my surgeries and I got my surgeries done. That was that started in 2010. Um, this journey that I'm talking about started in 2010 and then I got my surgeries done in um, 2013. So in 2013, um, I was working. No, 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 no. So a year before I got my surgeries done. I was working my ass off at Bath and Body Works and they offered me a position to go to be a manager. At first I was just an associate. So they offered me a position at another store to be a manager. So I moved to the Rice Village location in Houston, Texas. So um, when I went there, there was a new, me and another girl got promoted there at the same exact time. I got promoted as a key holder and she got promoted as the actual store manager because she was already a co at another store. But this would be her first temporary store manager assignment. And so they test you out to see if you do well. And if you do well, you get your own store. So her name was Catherine. <laughs> her name was Catherine. She was from Russia. Um, she had been in America for a long time, but you can still hear the accent. And she was cool as fuck. So because she was in, she was new to her position and I was new to my position, both of us was really working really, really hard to prove to the company that we were, that we had, had what it takes to work, um, had what it takes to get the job done. And so me and her for three years became like a tag team where we just turned the whole store around. Like we took the numbers, skyrocketed the numbers. We were really just doing well. One of our, the one of the co-managers got fired. One of the key holders um, 
was older, so she retired and left. And it was basically me and her, and we stayed there. And was I was doing the job of the co-manager, but I was actually the key holder. So eventually, I end up working my way up to being the co-manager with her. So it was me and her. And like I said, for three years, we just were killing it, whatever. So let's talk about my very first write-up. So one time, Catherine was on PTO. And it was like a two. It was like a, um, a, a, like a, week, a week period that she was on PTO. And it was a Tuesday. So on Tuesday, she wasn't supposed to come back from her PTO until Thursday. So on Tuesday... My happy-go-lucky ass, take my ass over. Now, mind you, I forgot to tell y'all that um, I ended up quitting Alta because Bath & Body Works offered me more money where to be a, to be the management there. So I ended up quitting Alta to be the manager of Bath & Body Works. So, now, mind you, you know I have a degree. So I did apply to other places, but um, they didn't get back to me till later, way later. So anyway, so whatever. So I'm working. So on a Tuesday, I'm sorry, I'm getting going crazy, getting off track. So on a Tuesday, she wasn't supposed to come back until Thursday. On Tuesday, I'm going out to take out the trash. I took out the trash and my keys fell in the fucking dumpster. Annoyed. I'm super annoyed, pissed off. It's nighttime. (laughs) I'm not jumping in no motherfucking trash for no keys. So... I, I girl, I'm not jumping in no dumpster. <laughs> so that's just not my tea. I, I tried to look and I couldn't find it. Boom. We just going to say I lost the keys. So in my mind, she is on her PTO. I don't want to call her and say, hey, I lost my keys. And then you got to come back early and you got to do this stuff to be able to get some keys made. Da, 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 da. I say, you know what I'm going to do? A super, super inconvenience to myself. But what I'm going to come going to do is every, I'm just going to tell my other manager not my we're on the same level um well i'm I'm nicole and they're the key holders i have two key holders um two people under me and i'm just gonna come and get their keys whenever they have to open i'm gonna leave my house um um whenever they close i'm gonna come get the keys and then so i can open in the morning and if i have to bring the keys back to them so they can close what basically my point is we would make i made sure that from tuesday to thursday when my boss came back that the store was secure even though i lost my keys you feel what i'm saying so my it was me trying to be courteous to my boss my my store manager because i did not want to bug her i didn't want to bug her and so when she came back on thursday the store was never unsecure i made sure that the store was always locked and i would come to work even when i was off just to get the keys so i can be able to open in the morning or whatever making it convenient for everybody um so on thursday i tell my boss when she comes she was like hey i I tell her i say hey i lost the keys and she was like okay well we get some keys made she calls her boss. So if you know anything about retail, so the store manager runs the store, but the, their boss is the district manager who runs multiple stores. Okay. Who is the boss of all of us basically. And so she tells her boss, let's, her name is Gina. Um, Catherine tells Gina, Hey, we need diamond lost the keys and, um, she needs to get some keys made. And so Gina asked her, like, when did Diamond lose the keys? And she tells her, oh, she lost. Well, she told me she lost them 
um, Tuesday, but she just told me today because I just got back from PTO. So me and Catherine is not thinking anything of this, like thinking this is any kind of problem because the store was secure. So apparently Gina had a problem with that. She was like, why didn't Diamond um, tell, talk about, tell that she lost the keys on Tuesday? Why did she wait till Thursday to say that she lost the keys? So... I explained that to Catherine and Catherine explained it to her, but apparently Gina had a big issue with that. Now, mind you, this is 2014 ish. Yeah. 2014. And she's like, um, so she has this big issue about me waiting two days to tell her that the keys were lost. But remember the keys weren't actually lost. I knew where the keys were. They were in the dumpster <laughs> and I all and I kept the store secure and I didn't I only waited because I didn't want to buck her on her PTO. Now Catherine being a girl that we work together and that's been my girl. We've been working our ass off at this store for years at this point. She knew what I meant. She knew the point. So so maybe like two weeks. So she told she told um Gina told Catherine to write me up about the motherfucking keys. But Catherine did not write me up. Catherine was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll write her up. But she, in her mind, she just told her that she was going to do it, but didn't do it because she was like, girl, she'll just forget about it. And plus, this is my girl. She's cool. And so, so Catherine says, so maybe like a three weeks later, Gina calls Catherine and says, hey, um, did you write Diamond up? And Catherine was like, uh, no. <laughs> and Gina was like, why? She was like, because I didn't think that she deserved to be wrote out. I didn't think that it was fair. And she was like, what? She was like, if you don't write her up by Friday, I'm going to write you up. So while they're having this conversation, I'm sitting right there. And so she hangs up with her. And Catherine was like, well, I'm going to have to write you up because I don't want to get wrote up. And you've never been wrote up before, so it's no big deal. So let's just get it over with. So she writes me up, reluctantly writes me up. So I'm pissed off because, <clears throat> first of all, this Gina lady is a new district manager at our particular, um, over our particular location. We had another lady, but she got promoted to another position. And so now we have Gina. And so in the beginning of our time together, because Gina was, we were new to Gina, all her new stores, she kind of act funny to us. She kind of treated us like stepchildren. And so this was one of the moments that I felt like, what the fuck? Like, why is she doing this? Like, I didn't want to call it racist because I am i don't play the race card. But I wasn't really for sure why was she so adamant when we explained it to her. So I was like, mm, I don't know. So I got rolled up. That was the first, first and only, or first at that point, only time I had got rolled up. And it was over some keys. So, of course, I was pissed off. So, of course, Gina... I have a bad taste in my mouth in regards to Gina. So as a co-manager, I knew that I didn't want the, because I had my YouTube stuff going on. I wanted to be able to travel however I wanted to travel. I didn't want the responsibility of a store manager because um, I had other shit that I wanted to do. And I wanted to have the flexibility to say, you know, this, your, your, you the store manager. I like being the co because 
everything falls on that person, that the store manager. I can hey handle your business, <laughs> and I can go on about my business and do my thing. So I didn't really want to be a uh, um, a store manager. But one of the things about your job in retail is that you are supposed to be building people up to be able to replace you, so you can move around and they can get better and go to another position. So that is a part of your job. So one of the things that Gina would tell um, Catherine is, why are you not? Why are you holding on to Diamond? When she doesn't want to be, she doesn't want to grow. Why are you holding on to her? She, yes, she's great. She doesn't do anything wrong. She's, the store always looks great because I'm over how the store looks as a co. The store always looks great. She's a great seller. She does her job really, really well, but she does not want to grow. Why are you spending time with her? So Catherine would always have a conversation with me. Like, why don't you want to be a store manager? Blah, 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 blah. So... Let me give you a little bit of history of me and Catherine's story. I never told Catherine my tea. Like, I never told Catherine my tea in the beginning of our relationship because, like I said, there's some anxiety. I don't like to dis- discussing my tea at my job. I don't like discussing, um, you know, I don't like to talk about my tea at my job because I don't feel like it's anybody's business. It does put a little bit of restriction because I don't have the freedom to talk about things the way I want to talk about. And there's a lot of conversations that you have with people, your coworkers, that are really, really gendered. Um, you know, I remember one of my um, one of my coworkers would have conversations about periods and heavy flow and da da da. And it, we had a cool relationship. We talked about all kind of stuff. So. I remember having those kind of conversations and I I didn't have no, I never had a period. <laughs> so I can't have those conversations, but there are certain conversations that I wish that hmm, if you knew I was trans, you wouldn't have these conversations with me. And it's it just, you, it's not a lot of openness that you can have. Like I couldn't tell anybody about my YouTube. I couldn't tell anybody about um, some of the life successes that I was having um, any events that I was doing. I couldn't talk about anything about my life outside of Bath and Body Works like normal people can do because, you know, I didn't want my tea to come up. So Catherine end up has was married. She, her husband was so cool. Chris was so, so cool. But Chris has a transgender brother. Uh, F to M, a female to male. And she started having a conversation about Chris and his transgender brother. And so she was so open and trying. She was very like, I don't understand it, but I'm trying to get my husband to understand it. And I know this is their journey and I don't, I want to just get him along with the ride and um and she just was so open about talking about the situation like talking about the situation and um you know and so in the moment of empathy i revealed that i was trans to her just to give cuz i wanted to have a conversation about how she could support her brother-in-law And so I couldn't have that conversation. I could have, but it's way more authentic 
if you know you're you're having a conversation with a trans person. And so in that moment, I made myself vulnerable and um, shared with her that I was trans and gave her tips on how to, you know, support her brother-in-law in his trans journey, his transition. So that was another level of me and Catherine bonding. And Catherine was really, really protective about my tea and protective about, um, sensitive about, um, you know, just me in general. So it, she just really became a really, really good ally in regards to work, in regards to us being friends at work, not outside of work, but friends at work and just, just a great person. Catherine is a really, really great person. So as time went on, of course, Catherine wants to go to bigger and better things. We were at this small store and there are much bigger stores where she can make money. So the boss lady, Gina, offered Catherine to go to another store with a big, huge pay raise because it was a big store. And Catherine is great at what she does. And so although I did not want another boss because it's almost like starting over with somebody. I really want I really was happy that she was going to another location and making more money because I know she wanted a house. Um her, her husband was getting a house and you know I I know this was this was a this was a part of her journey that she can just keep growing and growing and growing and growing. So I end up um she ended up leaving. And so when she ended up leaving Gina asked me to be the store manager at the store that I was at. Okay. So. And so when she gave me the offer at the time, I was getting offered for from nonprofit organizations that were more along the lines of my degree or whatever. So. You know, and along the activism, you know, it's along this type of stuff where I'm active. I'm doing activism and I'm community building just in the capacity of like a nonprofit. And so they were offering me positions, but they were offering me like 38K. They were offering me like 45K. They were offering me 40. But Bath and Body Works was offering me like 52 to be a store manager. 52K. And I was like, which is for in Houston, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so I was, especially for me who had never made that much money. Um, I was like, oh, well, sure. I'll, I, cool. You make me an offer that I can't refuse. So I end up being a store manager in 2016. So, and what, and it, it was, I was basically doing the same shit. It was kind of crazy because I was like, girl, you wasn't going to take this more money. And you was, you basically doing the same shit except now you got to schedule. <laughs> now you got to schedule people. So in the process of, um, of me becoming the store manager. So the first year that me and Catherine, if you know anything about Bath and Body Works, one of the biggest days of the year is Candle Day. And to give you a mindset of how much I grew the business during my years as a store manager. I'm going to give you some numbers. So we are one of the smallest stores in the district. So our numbers are not going to be as huge as like a Galleria or um, like a bigger store in, in the Houston area. Ours is the smallest number, but 
on Candle Day, when Catherine was the store manager, the day when we did Candle Day, Catherine did $24,000 in a day. My very first year of being a store manager, the next year after that, I did 33K. The next year after that, I did 54K. This year that just passed, I did 86,000. 86 um 86k and so never both of those both of those numbers the 33k the 54k and 86k all were record-breaking numbers for our particular store the most money we made in one day ever at this particular store so each year in this overall year um I grew the business so much each and every single year we were going the business. Um, so this is like a, I mean, we went from Candle Day being 24K to 86K. It, that's just, that's astronomical. So I was doing really, 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 really well. Before Catherine left our store, there was a girl who Gina sent to our store. So before Catherine left to be another store manager, before I came to got came to be a store manager, she sent this black girl from another location. Gina did. She says, I'm going to send the black girl. She didn't say the black girl, <laughs> but she says, I'm going to send her to you guys' store because you all run a very hard, tight ship. And I'm trying to get her to quit. I'm trying to get her to leave. And if she doesn't step up to y'all program, I know she's going to quit. So I'm going to bring her instead of her. How passive aggressive is this bullshit? Instead of you just firing her since you don't like her, you bring her to another store <laughs> and and expect that she is going to fail because we are so strict. We are so because me and Catherine were strict. We had a we had a well oiled machine of how we did things and it was and it was successful. <laughs> so she thought that the girl would come over and not be able to adjust. But boom, <laughs> the girl came over and it's it's not really hard to adjust when you got two workaholics who are really, really efficient at doing their job as your store manager and co-manager. Like, that's how me and Catherine work was. We were workaholics. We were really efficient at doing our job. So it's not hard to step up as another lower-level manager to come up and step into a position. It's actually less work for you because we do a lot of work ourselves. So she was able to step up to the plate. She was doing really, really well. Boom. Once I became the store manager... I kept her. She wasn't, she wasn't an issue for me. She, now she has a little attitude problem, but you know, once you talk to her, you know, I'm a black girl. So what other people considered attitude problems, I don't consider them attitude problems. That's just us. <laughs> and you know, I don't, how I look at her because I'm a black girl and she's a black girl. I'm not going to ju judge her in the same way that other people do. You feel what I'm saying? So she was cool as fuck. I liked her. Um, she did have a little She Sometimes you got to give her a little elbow like, girl, you get an attitude. Calm down. <laughs> you know, tone it down. Be professional. Um, 
So I would have to give her a nudge. Now, over the time, the three years that I was a store manager, she, like when if she first started came to the store, she would misgender me. And I would correct her. <laughs> so, like I said, I've never, I've never had the any type of trans discussion with anybody. But it's not a seek. Like in my mind, look, I do YouTube. I do podcasting. I do. It's not something that if you found out, I would be mad. But it's also something that I'm not just gonna go gonna talk about. Um in the midst of my job, because I've gotten fired before, it gives me anxiety for me to, I want to be judged by my work and not by my identity. I just want to be judged by my work. And so at that point, I had been being judged by my work. And so I didn't want my transness to become this other obstacle. And so her misgendering me used to annoy me and I would correct her. Now, mind you, I'm her boss. And so I would be like, mm, she, and so she got it. She got it very quickly. But she did misgender me in the beginning when we um, when she first started. So she got it together. And so I end up getting other people. I end up hiring Chance. OK, Chance, who is the co-host of Chasing Threads with me, our other podcast. And I end up hiring Chance. And Chance is cool as fuck. I don't have any. um. I don't have any close white friends. <laughs> and so Chance is like one of the closest ones at this point. And he's just cool as fuck. I didn't have to have weird white people conversations with him. Um, he had enough wokeness in regards to white privilege and being a white male. And um, I have to deal with weird like white male misogyny and black sense i didn't have to deal the normal shit that i have to deal when it comes to white gay men or white men in general i didn't have to deal with that shit with chance chance just had a level of wokeness that was tolerable and cool as fuck i just and you know he just was cool and so we just got along really really well him as my co-manager but unfortunately chance did not get along with the black girl okay because chance Chance is the type that he just want, you know, he 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 like just do your job. He's like I just want you to do your job. And so it was hard for him to have those hard conversations with her because she didn't respect his authority. Like he would tell her to do stuff and she wouldn't do it. She feels like he was new, so she she knew better than him even though he's telling her what I want him to do. And she just, there was a clash between the two of them. So eventually, um, it just became unbearable. It became crazy after the holidays. Well, during the holidays, it just became crazy. So anybody who has worked retail knows that during retail, the holidays is the fucking Super Bowl. That's when it's it's crazy. It's like any other time, it's like, oh, do, 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 do. It's kind of laid back. Summer breeze, make me feel fine. <laughs> it's just cool. And then fucking, um, it's the Game of Thrones when it's, <laughs> when it's fucking, um, when it's retail. You deal with more customers, deal with more attitude-y-ass motherfuckers. You're dealing with more product, dealing with more shipment. You're staying later. You're coming in earlier. It's just way, way more work. So where you had the patience and the time to deal with somebody's attitude in the non-peak times, when it's peak times, you don't have the time or the patience to deal with 
um, somebody with attitude not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so that became an issue. So one time Gina comes into the store. I'm not there. I'm off work. And Chance is there. And he's basically doing multiple jobs, restocking, doing a lot of stuff because people are not listening to him and not doing um, what they're supposed to do. So when she comes in, she tells me, when I come in, she tells me that I need to write them up. I need to write Chance up because he was in the back. He was um, he was pulling product when he should have been on the floor because the other girls weren't doing their job on the floor. So he just was not running the job the way he was supposed to be running it. And so Chance's response is because y'all know that the other girl does not do what the fuck she's supposed to do. So why am I getting wrote up? when we should have been got rid of her and I've been telling y'all that this is a problem and blah 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 blah. so I say as a store manager I'm talking to I tell Chance for this whole time I've been asking Chance like what do you want me to do about this do you want me to handle it do you want me to write her up do you want me to um do you want what do you how do you want me to handle it do you want me to let you handle it because I don't want to come and be the big bad store manager and um like, you can't handle it yourself. And he was like, yeah, I can handle it. Don't worry about it. So I let them be adults and handle it. So eventually, when Gina tells me to write him up, he's mad about it. I end up writing LaShondra up and him up. Him because Gina told me to. LaShondra because I know you've been the problem and clearly he's not handling it. So I'm going to write you up now. So Chance in, makes an emotional decision and he wants to quit he wants to resign I convinced him to stay a month he was gonna this is in the middle of the December the beginning of December and he was gonna quit on December the 15th now girl December the 15th and we got the holidays we're holidays is in full swing and you want to quit so because we were friends I'm like bitch you can't quit on me <laughs> go on and so he was like well, okay I'll just stay till January the 5th which is cool. That's after Christmas. That's, you know, it's about to slow down because, you know, after January, the semi-annual sale is happening and, you know, it's all good. So the other girl, the black girl, she had she had passive, passive aggressively gave me her two weeks, not two weeks, but kind of said that she was going to quit after the holidays. And I end up just forcing the issue with her because, hey, you're causing this problem and you don't want to be here. Just let me get somebody else brand new in here and I'll work it out. So that was the problem. That was, that was the problem. And so by January, this January that just passed chances of chance end up leaving it in January and the girl end up leaving on January the 12th. So now it's just me and another girl. I got some temporary people coming in. Um, Got some temporary people coming in. And so I rehire people. I got a new co-manager. I got a new um, key holder. And so I got a full team by the time February hits. So in the process of this whole time, we had a fucking amazing Christmas. We had a, we're having amazing numbers. We're doing really, really great. So the new co-manager that I get... I like him. I don't like him as much as Chance, but I like his his I like his personality with the customers. But he does I learned that he's a conservative homosexual male. 
he dates a Trump supporter and he says he's a middle of the road liberal, but he black since me and he's a Latinx dude, but he kind of has this kind of weird, um, he make these little weird comments about immigrants that lets me know that he has a conservative political stance um like mm, yeah they're fresh off the boat he says shit like that so he he so not only does he black sent me he makes these little weird comments that let me know that he's racist like he lets me know even against his own people it lets me know he's conservative it's just weird but he's really good at his job so i was like okay cool we just gonna do we're just here to work <laughs> and so that's what we're gonna do um then we had another girl so now it's time for us to um, get a new district manager because our district manager, Gina, is going to Dallas. She's going to be transferred to another location in Dallas temporarily, and it gives a chance for some store managers to practice and do an, uh, a temporary assignment to be district manager. So they picked two people, one named Bianca and one named Rhonda. Now, Rhonda, because I've been with the company at this point for seven years at this location for like shit, six. Um, I wish at this point, I wish that I had gotten Rhonda because Rhonda knew me. I knew Rhonda, me and Rhonda had worked together. We had built a relationship together. We were cool. She was black. <laughs> so it just was, I wish I would have got Rhonda, but I ended up getting Bianca. Bianca was from a whole nother district and she was brand new. So Bianca is calling me and I'm out of town because if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I went to South by Southwest with um, <clears throat> Sam from Interhole Uprising and um, T with Queen of J and Bag Ladies, and I went out. I went out there for <clears throat> some, uh, for the South by Southwest. So I had tons of PTO. It's the beginning of the year, so I had tons of PTO. So I took um, a couple of days of PTO. So when I came back, my co-manager, I see that he. We were over six hours in payroll. <clears throat> so I look back and look at the schedule and I'm like, well, why didn't you cut people? So on Thursday, he says um, they were busy and needed to keep the lady that was there, Miss Sharon. So I, 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 I'm so over it. I'm so like, oh, my God, we're over an hour because you kept her and y'all didn't even make it. So you should have cut her. And so we can say payroll. So by the time payroll comes, time to submit payroll, we're over. I actually was able to finagle <clears throat> with some extra hours that I had in box up and shipment, <clears throat> excuse me, to take to be able to break it down to four hours. So we were over four hours when it was time for me to submit payroll to the company. So in the moment, I say, dang, we're on we're over four hours because you kept Miss Sharon. But, you know, don't, it's cool. We just going to be four hours and we'll just make up for it in a couple of weeks after that. My co-manager says, oh, well, just call four of my hours to my PTO. Now, in the moment, thinking about that, that would be no big deal. So the culture of the company, our PTO hours 
we can use what we want. Like I remember when me and Catherine was um, co-manager, I was a co and Catherine was a store manager. One time we needed to clean up the marketing closet. And I said, Hey, just, I don't have anything to do this week. So give, put, put me an extra, put me like an extra four hours so I can come in and do the PTO, do, do the, um, do the marketing closet, organize it and use me, pay me for it through my PTO hours. And so, so it won't count towards payroll. It's something that we do, not necessarily you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to do it because you're supposed to use the PTO to go and take a break and, you know, take get your rest. But, you know, they give us tons of PTO hours. And so using your PTO so that you can be under, uh, under um, so that you're not using payroll hours is something pretty, pretty normal to do. And so since he was volunteering to use them, I was like, oh, sure, cool. So I put it in there. So the next week, Bianca, who I had never met, Bianca is the new district manager, <clears throat> comes into my store. And she says, oh, come to the back. Let me let me talk to you about something. So she comes in the back and she pulls up our payroll and she pulls up this chart that shows um, the ISPR <clears throat> individual sales report. And she talked about how Toby only had two hours on Thursday and but it shows that he was clocked in, but somebody put him under four hours of PTO. So because I, you know, I, I'm not a natural liar. And because I automatically, I didn't, I didn't, I've never been wrote up except for back in 2004. I'm not a liar. And because this is kind of normal, this is kind of something that, she's a store manager so she know this is something that culturally we do so she asked me what was going on with his pto was he here or was he not here i was like oh he was here but he we were over in hours and he um told me to use his pto hours and she was like oh do you know the policy on pto and i was like yes i do (laughs) so i was like but in my mind he volunteered it so it shouldn't be that big of a deal like that's how I thought about it but what I didn't take into consideration is this is the first time that she's meeting me this is her new position her temporary assignment she's trying to prove herself to um the company so she's trying to set her authority I'm ne- like, mind you, I've never met her in my life. This is my first time meeting her. And basically, I have broken the rules by coding his hours to PTO. And to make matters worse, what I didn't know is that she had came in two days before and talked to him. And he lied to her and told her that I told him to do that. So while I'm sitting here sharing to her candidly what's happening, it seems like I'm saying that he volunteered it and and he's saying that I forced him to do it when that is totally a lie because I would have used my own PTO or I would have just left it four hours over. It was just four funky ass hours. (laughs) It was not some, I could have, it was early in the month, so I could have shaved four hours off it was not a really a big deal. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, I could have um, 
you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have forced him, but because she was confronting him about it, and of course he didn't, he didn't want to throw himself under the bus. He threw me under the bus. Shady as fuck. Yes, but I understood it. But based on what her response was after that, he really didn't have to lie because her response was, Diamond, it really doesn't matter if he volunteered to do it or you forced him to do it anyway. So that part doesn't really matter. You're the store manager and you're not supposed to do that. And you should know you're not supposed to do that. And so whether he volunteered it or not, you shouldn't have did it and that's wrong. So I'm going to have to talk to HR about that. Now, mind you, in my mind, because I have never been rolled up, I've had amazing numbers. I well, no, no, I only got rolled up about the keys that I told you about back in 2014. So I never been rolled up. I never have had any kind of disciplinary action except for that thing with the keys. And so I didn't think that this was going to be a big deal about, you know, about, um, you know, they're they oh they're just gonna write me up and it's gonna be cool. So what I also but what I also didn't know is that there was another problem. So the prob another problem that she pointed out, she was like, "Well, every every week you are adjusting your time to forty hours, and you're not supposed to do that." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And so because I'm salary, I cannot go. Anything over 40 hours does not count. So when I do the payroll, I just put me at 40. I just put nine to five from Monday um, through um, from Thursday through Tuesday. So five days a week, (laughs) I am nine to five. And that gives me 40 hours because there's no point in putting me over 40 if I didn't fucking, I mean, it's not going to count. It's not going to count against me. It's not going to count for me. So sometimes when I come to work, I come in and start working. I come in and start undoing shipment. I come in and start restocking stuff because I have from nine o'clock till I open up the doors. It only takes me about five minutes to count the registers, but I have nine o'clock to, um, I open up the doors at 10 for the first customers to be able to get shit done so that I don't have to be doing things while I'm dealing with trying to sell product to customers. So I work my ass off. I just come in and start working. And then I just, you know, I just fix my time from nine to five every day. So this particular thing is wrong because we're not supposed to adjust our own time. We're supposed to get another manager to adjust our own time. But it's something that I have been doing for years. Like it's something that I have because like I'm not, it's I'm not taking hours. Like I'm not, oh my God, I'm putting um, 60 hours so I can um, get some extra money. No, it don't matter if I'm, I'm going to be a 40 hour. If I put 50 hours, I'm still going to get paid for 40 because I'm salary. <laughs> so I can't, it's not about finagling hours to get more money. It's just about, girl, I'm fixing my time to 40. I'm the only one to do payroll because I'm the store manager. So, I adjust everybody's time so that we can stay up, making sure we're not up or down on payroll. So I just adjust everybody's time, including myself. But per the rules, I am not supposed to adjust my time. So she writes me up for both of the incidents at the same time. 
<laughs> she writes me up for the payroll incident, the, the PTO incident with the boy, and then the adjusting my time incident with the boy. And what I don't, what I, the, the thing that I don't tell y'all, a week before that, Gina, remember I told you Gina went to another district temporarily in Dallas, but she needed to talk to me because she was writing me up. Now, all of this happened within a week, a two-week period. So what she was writing me up for is because I didn't fire the black girl that got into it with Chance. I didn't get rid of somebody that y'all should have got rid of long time ago. Y'all should have got rid of her. But, you know, <sighs> I'm so, so, so annoying. So she wrote me up for that. So... There you go. There are three in like a, a moment of three, in two weeks, Gina wrote me up and then Bianca wrote me up about this payroll shit. Twice. <laughs> so I had a gig. I had a gig in Pennsylvania. So she told me that um, she was going to call me back that Monday, but I had, you know, they didn't call me back. So while I was in um, the weekend before my gig in Pennsylvania that I just came back from, um, she was supposed to call me back. She didn't call me back. So she called me back that Friday while I was in Pennsylvania and basically told me that she finally heard back from HR and that they were going to go ahead and let me go. Um, you know, and I was devastated because I have been working. Now, anybody who knows retail bath and body works is a hard job. People don't understand because they give you a little bit of hours to do a lot of shit. And so a lot of times you're there working by yourself, work selling, working and doing shipment and doing all this shit by yourself because they don't give you payroll to have a shipment person there with you. So I am working my tail off. They pay you well. I was making this last year, I think I made about $62,000. So for me, for a single person with um, the low cost of living of Houston, that was a lot of money for me. I was really comfortable. I was able to get my podcast off the ground. I was able to travel to events and shit without worrying about um, money. Um, you know, I was able to just do shit that I wanted to just have a little bit of le le element of freedom. Um, so it was really, really well, but you work hard as fuck. And I have been working hard as fuck for hard as fuck for this company for the past seven years and for them to railroad me like this it felt unfair although I knew like in my mind I felt like damn like I didn't like I just didn't know what I could do in that position I didn't I understood what I did wrong but I really didn't think it was wrong because like I said it was a culture we, I've done it before. It's something that, and I remember I talked about, I talked to a situation happened year, like a, maybe like a year ago with Gina where I had to use my payroll to make sure that I was under, because our bonuses is, are based on us being under 2% in payroll, not under, but we can't be over 2%. So long as you're, 
long as you two percent or under, you got you get your bonus. So I remember one time I had to use like eight hours on my payroll, of my PTO. I'm sorry, eight hours on my PTO in order to make sure that I was under the amount that I needed to be so that I can get bonus. And that's how they get bonuses too. You feel what I'm saying? So when I told Gina that that's what I was gonna do, her response was, "Oh, diamond." Uh, you're supposed to be using your PTO for your break, for your rest, for you. You don't need to be using it for this, but do what you got to do. Oh, well. <laughs> like, she was almost, don't tell me that. Like, you're not supposed to be doing that, but all right, make it work. And so, and then me having conversations with other store manager, it was a part of the culture that sometimes you use your PTO for emergency situations. It's against policy, but it's it's like, come on. It's like when you come in and when you're short. Like, it's like when you're short um, hand and nobody can come into work and you got some changes that needs to be done and nobody can come work. And so you got to come in and do the work that, and do the changes. And although you're not getting paid for it, you're not on the clock, you're just working it. And so you're not supposed to be at work and not be on the clock because that's a like uh, liability. Because what if you get hurt and blah 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 blah. But it's something that we all know that we do. And so it was a part of the culture, right or wrong. It's like, ugh, like I'm not stealing. Like it'd be different if I'm stealing some shit, but I'm not stealing. This, this, it just seemed like it was crazy and shady. So now I'm in this position where I've been stable. My life stability has been elusive. And so now I'm in a position where, gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I need a job. Um, I need it's kind of scary out here. It's like, oh, my God, I'm way older. (laughs) Now I got to deal with the anxiety of people, my tea and all that kind of stuff in in interviews and applying for new positions and deciding do I want to go back into retail or do I want to go into activism do I want to go into working to for a nonprofit? and um you know it's just I it just it's just crazy and then we're under a fucking um conservative republican administration so like a lot of the nonprofits that I would feel I would work for their money is being cut so they're not really hiring and uh, it's like lord it's like I, I really just don't know what I'm gonna do um I'm applying for places I got enough money to last me for a couple of months so I'm not as far as my savings and so I got some time to figure it out um I got some a gig in Hawaii I got um um a gig in Dallas, I got a lot of stuff coming up that is, you know, I'm I'm okay for now, but it's still scary. Um, I did dream about this. I dreamed that I lost my job maybe two weeks before I lost it. <laughs> so it might be the ancestors saying, you know, you know, you got to figure out. I just don't, the way it's, it's like, I'm, how do I explain this? Like, I don't know the way. Like, unlike any other time in my life, I had a goal. I knew what I was working for. I knew um, if I did this, it, if I did this, if I did A, B, and C, it would lead me to D, E, F, G, da, 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 da. You see what I'm saying? I knew 
that right now I don't know where I'm going I don't see any kind of light at the end of the tunnel so I'm like oh I don't I don't know I don't know so that's where I'm at that's how I got fired from my job and um so yeah so if you know any positions are you hiring at your job <laughs> let me know if you know anybody hiring I really don't care about the location um, I don't mind getting up and move for the right amount of money. Um, yeah. Um, of course, I have organizing and um, <laughs> organizing and management um, experience. So if you have any positions into in that arena, I do kind of want to turn my activism into something. Um, so because that's what I've been doing. That's what, that's where my passion is. I just don't know how to turn that into a, in, I'm not a capitalistic motherfucker, so I don't know how to turn that into a business. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So like, if you have any opportunities, hit me up and let me know, but that's, that's what it is. That's what I, that's how I got fired. And I know this, this has been a long story, but, um, since, the episode got deleted I just felt like I can tell y'all that story and you can tell me what you think <laughs> so all right thank you for listening to the show and hashtag Marsha's play and we will be back with me Mia and Z um next week and thank you um Aurora Harris for coming and recording for la- this week's show I'm sorry that it you weren't able to um She's so fucking brilliant. I wanted you guys to hear about black feminists <laughs> being a black fam. I really, we had an amazing conversation about that. And I wish, um, um, if she has more time, I'm going to bring her back and we'll re-record that subject if she has time. Um, so yes, um, that's the end of the show. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be.